everyone. Welcome, uh, welcome back. Welcome to a, a, a sleepy, sleepy capes and shapes. Look, sometimes you're like, hmm, I'm gonna go read before we record, and then there's a cat sleeping on your chair, so mm. then you just curl up with the cat, <laughs> and then you're yeah. like, mm, I have to record. All right, time to get this sleepy cat out of here, and the sleepy cat's like, mm-mm. So there's still so much sleep energy just right here on this chair. <laughs> just sleep vibes. Um, so, today, um, on, on Capes and Japes, we have uh, started the month off. Um, I'm also a little sleepy, so the energy <laughs> might just be weird overall. Um, we've started 2022 off with talking about a variety of Spider-Man associates. Um, and today uh, I wanted to talk about more of them, uh, specifically uh, Betty Brant and Ned Leeds. And since we are talking about Ned Leeds, if you're familiar with Ned Leeds in comics, we will probably spend... A good chunk of this episode trying to explain the Hobgoblin mess, um, which is a very, a very comics books sort of kerfluffle. It's, it's extremely on brand for comics. But before we get to that, uh, so out of the two, uh, Betty Brant is introduced first. Um, she shows up in issue, uh, four of the original Amazing Spider-Man, uh, 1963, obviously created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, and she is the secretary, uh, of J. Jonah Jameson, and she is a very early love interest, uh, for Peter. Um, she's played by Elizabeth Banks in the Sam Raimi movies, and there's also, like, a teen version of her, uh, in the new, the MCU Spider-Man. Um, so she is introduced very early on in Spider-Man, you know, as, like, Peter's, uh, dealing with J. Jonah Jameson, and... Peter is, like, pretty, like, quickly, you know, has sort of a crush on her. She's a beautiful young woman. Um, at some point, it's, like, she, uh, stands up to Jameson, um, and is, like, you should, like, not be so mean and tell lies about Spider-Man. I think, actually, Spider-Man's pretty cool. And he's, like, you know, he's, like, J. Jonah Jameson noise. Uh, and then she, um, you know, at some point sees Peter, like, outside of a, a work context and notices him, you know, taking care of Aunt May, uh, and thinks he's, you know, a very sweet young man. So they date pretty briefly, uh, a, a very early and fairly short-lived Spider-Man romance. Um, her brother is, like, in debt, uh, with, like, 
the mob for like gambling and she's like partly like working to try and help him pay back his debts and the like gangster that he's in debt to like kidnaps uh betty and her brother and doc ock is helping him i okay i i don't know why this is of interest to doc ock uh but um (laughs) doc ock has many varied interests (laughs) (laughs) he really you know it's important to diversify your evil portfolio um but spider-man comes to try and help them out uh betty's brother ends up getting killed in the resulting fight um and so she blames spider-man for getting involved uh and then shortly after this her and peter break up not that she knows that Peter is Spider-Man, but, like, one, you know, it's kind of hard to date somebody when they hold a grudge against your alter ego. Um, and also, it's, like, she thinks he's more interested in, um, Liz Allen, who is, like, a girl at Peter's high school who, uh, was, I think, I, has dated peter at some point but she's just kind of like shown up uh various times um and after the two of them break up betty starts dating uh ned leeds who is introduced in uh 1964 um about a year after uh betty is still you know in spider-man uh, amazing spider-man tm 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 and he is uh he's another reporter uh at the bugle um the um the two of them start dating there's like an in like he like helps betty um the bugle gets attacked by the scorpion and he helps save betty uh, and she's very impressed, and they end up dating, and they get married pretty quickly. Um, he, like, goes to Europe for, uh, journalism reasons, uh, and then comes back. Uh, they get married. Um, like, Peter is kind of, like, doing this thing where he's like, oh, Betty might have feelings for me, so I have to, like, you know, like try and, like, push her away so she can marry this person who, like, isn't Spider-Man. That would be better for her. Um, well, uh, about I, that. I love I love when a main character decides to make decisions for the people around them. Yeah. I love, um, I love when, when superheroes do this. Um... I know they're gonna hate me once they find out, so I'm just gonna make a clean break. Buddy, maybe that's something you should discuss with a therapist. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, their wedding, obviously, is, like, briefly interrupted by a supervillain because it's a wedding that's happening in a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, this has almost always been the case. Um, they have some tension uh where it's like ned starts to be like kind of 
overly fixated on his work. Um, Betty goes and, like, talks to Peter about it, and then Ned gets, like, jealous uh, and punches him. Um, and Peter's like, I was not, I am not trying to get in between you guys. <laughs> he, like, makes up, like, uh, a lie that was like, oh, act like, I, uh, I never really was, uh, interested, uh, in Betty at all. I was just, uh, trying to make other people jealous by dating her. So don't even worry about it. Please don't punch me again. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so it, that's all sort of, happening in the background through like the 60s into the 70s you know they show up occasionally they're both still working at the bugle their you know relationship drama happens sort of in the background and then <laughs> um and then the uh the hobgoblin is introduced so in uh 1983, um, so the Green Goblin, uh, is dead, um, for, at, at, for this point in time, temporarily, the Green Goblin is dead. Norman Osborn is dead, there's another guy they had be the Green Goblin, he's dead. Harry was the Green Goblin for a little bit, and I don't know if he's dead at this point, but he's not the Green Goblin. Um, and so Spider-Man writer, uh, Roger Stern and, uh, John Romita Jr., who's the artist, is like, well, we want to have the Green Goblin, <laughs> but we don't want to bring any of these people back from the dead or introduce another new Green Goblin. <laughs> so we're just going to make a completely different third guy. We're going to make a new guy. Who's sort of like the Green Goblin, uh, but not. But he's basically, orange. He's orange. This guy, this guy, this one's orange, and he's uh, he's got a more of kind of like a like a weird bridge troll kind of vibe. Um, but in like ninety percent of functional ways, he is the Green Goblin, and um, he's the ho the Hobgoblin. Is who this guy is called. Um, and as Roger, Roger Stern? Is that? Yeah, Roger Stern tells it. He didn't have a plan in mind for who this character was going to be um, until after he had already um, introduced him. Um, and after they'd written like the first sort of like hobgoblin story, he was like, oh, I know who this guy should be. I think I was like subconsciously writing him like this the whole time. He should be uh Roderick Kingsley, uh who was kind of like uh like a a wealthy like businessman, corporate guy uh that Stern had introduced previously. And here's here's <laughs> here's the first uh spanner in the works that is just going to lead to pretty much infinite consequences down the line. <laughs> I I love the little domino and the little domino to big domino meme. Yes, exactly. Um a lot of people guess that that guy is who the hobgoblin is. And so uh 
in order to circumvent this so people are thrown off the scent, um, Stern, like, privately is like, okay, actually this guy has a brother, and sometimes, uh, he'll have, uh, his brother pretend to be him. So now I can write a scene where the Hobgoblin is in the same room as seemingly Roderick Kingsley, but actually his brother, um, so that, you know, people will be like, oh, I guess it's not him. Um, I don't understand why writers are like, oh no, people guessed the thing that I was putting clues out for. Yeah, the thing that- Like- Like, yeah. th this is gonna be- <laughs> This is the main problem going forward with the rest of what happens also, but it's like, it can still be good, even if people know what's gonna happen. Like, just let it be the guy. It doesn't- yeah, people guessed it. That means that you put the clues down fine. Yeah, because it- literally, it, he's like, oh, I was writing it, and, um, like, as I was writing it, I was like- Oh, it makes sense for it to be this guy. Like, so obviously, yeah, obviously other people are going to feel the same way. And that's, like, normal. That means that it's, like, happening how it's supposed to happen. And if people read it and they're like, oh, it's the guy I thought I was going to be. Like, most of them are going to be excited that they figured it out. Yeah, like, you don't need to throw in a bunch of weird, re unplanned red herrings. It just makes it weird. Oh boy. Um, it is gonna make it so weird. Um, so, uh, Stern was planning to reveal the Hobgoblin's identity, and he had, like, a point in mind for when this was going to happen. Um... But he, uh, leaves the series before they get to that issue, um, and is replaced by another writer, Tom DeFalco, who, uh, asks him, uh, what his plan was for the Hobgoblin. And he explains this, he, uh, you know, explains, like, the, the twin brother, like, switcheroo twist, um, and DeFalco doesn't like this, because he's like, that's, uh, you can't give a guy a secret twin brother and that have your reveal be contingent on a guy having a secret twin brother. Um, that's cheating. And, uh, Stern's like, well, I mean, you're the writer now, so if you want to change it, go ahead. So at this point, this has, <laughs> this has already been a mystery for a long time. Um, and, uh, seemingly, um, I, I couldn't fully confirm this. Oh, I read Peter David's account of this. Um, Wikipedia says that Peter David did not have the full story, but I, I, the sources that Wikipedia cites were not websites that I could access. So, I don't know for sure. Possibly, maybe seemingly. Uh, DeFalco wanted the Hobgoblin to be Richard Fisk, uh, Wilson Fisk's son, um, who, what, like, at some point was, like, a supervillain called the Schemer, 
um, and then, like, later becomes more of an anti-hero. I don't know where he is, like, at this point while this Hobgoblin stuff is happening. But, um, possibly that's who DeFalco decides he should be. And then he really stretches us out. Because, like, people are very invested. Like, people are, like, really interested in the mystery of who the Hobgoblin is. Um, possibly some of them are interested in a frustrated way. Um, but they do keep buying the comic books. So, like, it's working. So they, they are just, like, stretching this out. Um... At some point, they have a, like, a sort of Spider-Man, uh, creative team meeting, um, where they have, you know, um, James Owsley, Owsley, um, who is, like, the editor in charge of, like, all the Spider-Man books and, like, all of the various, like, Spider-Man writers and artists, um... They have like a, a, you know, a Spider-Man con. <laughs> they have like a Spider-Man, you know, meeting, retreat, whatever. And, um, Owl, uh, James Owsley asks like, okay, who is the Hobgoblin? Um, and Tom DeFalco says Ned Leeds, which is either a lie or the Richard Fisk thing is not true, and Ned Leeds is actually who he was writing the Hobgoblin to be. Um, as Peter David tells it, Tom DeFalco was like, let's say it's Ned Leeds, and then, like, maybe we can change it. But apparently, like, a lot of people had been guessing that it was, in fact, Ned Leeds. Again. We're, we're coming to another problem. Um, Peter David also said that, like, he would, like, go to conventions and, like, people would, like, ask him when they came for him to, like, sign stuff, like, who's the Hobgoblin? And he would just, like, say, like, a random name. He'd be like, oh, it's Flash Thompson. They'd be like, what? And be like, well, you asked. Um. <laughs> like, can you imagine going and asking like a secret reveal and just a very cavalier like oh yeah it's this person and then you're like well i can't i won't know if they're fucking with me or not (laughs) until it comes out i guess you're like you probably wouldn't just like tell somebody who the hobgoblin was unless they're counting on me assuming that they're lying about who the hobgoblin was Um, or the third option, Peter David didn't know who the Hobgoblin was, and potentially nobody did. (laughs) Um. The Hobgoblin appeared fully formed in the Spider-Man comics, and none of the writers or artists knew who he was. He just appeared. (laughs) He had to reveal himself. God. So, Tom DeFalco continues writing Spider-Man. Again, possibly under the assumption that... The Hobgoblin is Ned Leeds. And more and more people uh, are writing in and guessing that it's Ned um, and talking about how it must be Ned. 
And like, some people are like, the only reason it wouldn't be Ned would be if it was too obvious that they're making it Ned. So, um, so, um, James Owsley, who has, uh, some tension with Tom DeFalco, um, goes to Peter David, who's writing a different Spider-Man book, and, uh, says, okay, I want you, uh, in your Spider-Man title to, uh, reveal, um, who the Hobgoblin is. And Peter David is like, I thought that we already agreed who it was. And Jim Owsley was like, nope, too many people are guessing this. I want it to be the foreigner. And I want you to write that it's the foreigner. Um, he's like, okay, but it's, it's like, it's going to be weird if it's not Ned. And Jim Owsley is like, nope, I am writing a Spider-Man Wolverine one shot in which Ned Leeds dies. <laughs> Peter David is like, what? <laughs> um, and, uh, Jim Owsley is like, yeah, so now he definitely can't be the Hobgoblin. Everybody's wrong. The foreigner's going to be the Hobgoblin. And Peter David is like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would the foreigner be the Hobgoblin? That's, like, not, like, I think Peter David, like, co-created the foreigner. So he's like, that's not, like, his M.O. at all <laughs> in any way. And, uh, he objects to this. Um, James Owsley says, okay, well, I've already written the story in which Ned dies. So if you don't want it to be the foreigner, you have to come up with someone else it can be, and it can't be Ned. And, uh, the two of them start brainstorming, um, like, sort of, you know, going back over, like, all of the issues of Spider-Man, where the Hobgoblin shows up, like, trying to, you know, figure out, like, an alternate identity, and when they piece everything together, like, given all of the potential clues, there's no one besides Ned Leeds that it could be that would, like, <laughs> make sense and not be contradicted by something. She... Every once in a while when we do this podcast, I just sit here like, comics are a mistake. Comics are <laughs> an absolute mistake. That's why I wanted, I know this is like <laughs> a long story about like some like nitty gritty comic stuff, but I really wanted to talk about it because it's just so like, comics is so like this and they were a mistake. Like... Um, it, this is, it, let's just, let's just stick with graphic novels. Just, yep. Fully contained stories written by a single author <laughs> where they can plan Please. things out. And they can still be, you know, about comic book characters. You can still, but they can all be self-contained. There's no ongoing co uh, continuity. Just... Oh, God, to live in this world. Um, so doesn't stop there. The pitch that Peter David comes up with is, okay, so the Hobgoblin is Ned. It has to be Ned. We 
have to have the issue where Ned dies because it's already written and drawn. Um, but Ned dies and then we reveal after he's dead that he was the Hobgoblin, which will <laughs> extremely throw people off because they'll be like, well, Ned can't be the Hobgoblin. He's dead. And, you know, Spider-Man hasn't had, like, a big final battle with the Hobgoblin. Um, and Peter, they also pitch, he also pitches, like, we can introduce a new Hobgoblin who will have been, like, responsible for Ned's death. Um, and the two of them decide that it should be, um, Jack-O-Lantern. What's his real name? Jason Massendale. Um, a supervillain called Jack-O-Lantern, who, like, fought the Hobgoblin at one point and lost, so now, like, what they're going with is, like, oh, he hired the foreigner to kill Ned so that he could become the new Hobgoblin. <laughs> and they're like, alright, this, this is what the story is. <laughs> um. I guess. Yeah. Um. Also, he has this conversation with Peter David, apparently doesn't um, tell uh, Tom DeFalco or Ron Friends, the artist, about any of this, and they just find out that Ned is dead, like, when the issue comes out. Um, so that's, uh, that's a whole thing. But uh, as... Um, as it's explained uh, in canon. Oh my god, wait. I think... Okay, here's what... The, 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 the final step in all of this is... Um, Roger Stern, the guy who originally created the Hobgoblin, and who had the whole plan with the, you know, the, the, the twin brother and the whole thing, um, gets... Um, doesn't like the way any of this has been done. And who would, frankly? So he writes a miniseries uh, in 1997 that his guy, Kingsley, was the Hobgoblin, um, captured Ned and brainwashed him while Ned was like, trying to, like, follow him to, like, figure out who he was for, you know, as a journalist. Um, and so, like, brainwashes Ned into being the Hobgoblin, um, to, you know, like, take the fall for him if he needs to. And then he kills the Jack-O-Lantern Hobgoblin, and he is the Hobgoblin officially. So all of that canonically, was pretty much for nothing. <laughs> all of all of the ups and downs of that whole thing, just to have the original guy come back and be like, no, I still think it should have been my dude. <laughs> Comics I, were a mistake. Yeah. Like, there is, there is, you know, merit to collaborative storytelling. However, Absolutely. it only works if people agree to the story you're telling, like, 
sure, Exquisite Corpse is a fun game to do with your friends where you're like, haha, I'm gonna draw the head and you draw the body and somebody else draws the feet and we're gonna see what comes up. But when you're publishing a comic, you can't just Exquisite Corpse it together. I don't it's think really, that works. <laughs> it re I think it has, it has been proven to not work more than it has worked. I think. Um, so initially they have this reveal, um, where when it first happens, it's like Ned and Peter are like in Berlin, um, for the bugle. Ned, uh, gets killed by the foreigner. Um, Kingpin, like, is the one who, like, tells Spider-Man, uh, that Ned was the hobgoblin. Because, like, Ned had been, like, kind of, uh, trying to get information about Kingpin from his son, Richard, and was, like, getting, like, deeper and deeper into all this, like, criminal underworld stuff, and, like, his marriage sort of, like, became a mess. And, uh, Ned, like, the criminal underworld ends up figuring out that, uh, Ned is Hobgoblin, which is how... Jack-o'-lantern is able to hire the foreigner to kill Ned. Um, it all seems very confusing. Um, and also, I don't know if they ever, like, clarify in canon why Ned would have done this. Like, why he would have been evil if he wasn't brainwashed. Um, maybe they do. Maybe, um... You know, they're like, oh, somebody tells Peter that it's like, oh, actually, he was very unstable and he hated Spider-Man. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know if that's ever discussed or not. But in this, like, sort of retcon miniseries, they introduce this whole idea that, like, oh, the actual Hobgoblin kidnapped him and brainwashed him and then, like, kind of, like, used him, um, to... In addition to fighting Spider-Man and, like, taking the fall for him, like, used him to kind of try and, like, get rid of Kingpin. And, uh, then he, he, then he dies. He gets killed by the foreigner. Um. Rip. During, um, there's a clone, not the original clone saga arc, a different Spider-Man story arc with clones. A more recent one. Um. There's briefly a, a clone, um, of Ned Leeds, uh, is introduced, um, but he, um, he, uh, dies helping Spider-Man, um, so Ned is, as far as we know, all versions of Ned, definitely, uh, dead for sure. Um, while the, the Hobgoblin stuff is happening, um, while, uh, Ned is off hobgoblining, uh, and acting weird, Betty, uh, ends up getting closer to Flash Thompson, um, and Flash is also briefly <laughs> framed for being the hobgoblin. Every single, every single person in Spider-Man canon has been the Hobgoblin or been accused of being the Hobgoblin at some point, it seems like, during during these years. 
Um, I can't believe J. Jonah Jameson is the Hobgoblin. Wow. <laughs> Messed up. Um, so Flash briefly gets framed for being the Hobgoblin. But, you know, his, uh, his name is cleared. Uh, which I think kind of leads to, like, people figuring out that it's Ned. So, uh, <gasps> she doesn't take Ned's death. Uh super well she is briefly um gets kind of like <laughs> conned into like a new age sort of cult which uh flash and peter uh help get her out of uh she starts living with flash and uh the two of them um i don't i don't um they don't get married, I don't think, but they like start uh dating. Um she uh plays like a major role in the uh <laughs> the Hobgoblin retcon miniseries where it's like she um like kind of does her own like investigative journalism to like piece together who the actual Hobgoblin is, and she's like, which, you know, gives her some closure. Uh, it's probably, uh, very sad to learn that your husband was, like, brainwashed and then, uh, killed because of it, but she, at least she knows what actually happened. Yeah. Um, question mark. And then, um, after that, she, uh, remains um involved with flash she like starts working um at the bugle as like a full-on reporter um in a brand new day um when there's like a new uh bugle editor she like uh stays working there um <laughs> The new, uh, the new editor, Dexter Bennett, is, like, trying to, like, convince her to be, like, a secretary again, um, and then Peter rude. is able to... <laughs> rude. Um, Peter, like, kind of, like, uh, you know, puts, like, puts in enough words for her that, uh, she, she stays on as, as a reporter. Um, she, uh, has, like, a little bit of a, um... A career crisis because like a lot of other like formal bugle employees like see it like kind of as a betrayal that she like stayed on after um jameson left uh but peter is still there for her that and, would be a weird um, <laughs> you betrayed us by not quitting your job it it is there it's a it's a complicated situation but it it is it is a little bit weird but, uh, Peter supports her. They're, you know, um, they're still, like, good friends. Um, she eventually starts, like, her own, uh, blog, um, where she does, like, her own reporting. And then I don't know where, um, she last showed up. Um, she, um, Ned 
not like Ned, but um, Ned's uh, body makes an appearance um, in like the extremely confusing uh, kindred story arc of last year. Um, but I don't know if uh, Betty is is around during that. Um, someone, uh, someone update me with what Betty Brandt's been up to, because I, um, I support her and her goals. Um, Ned, uh, obviously, recently, um, is notable for being, uh, Peter's best friend in the MCU Spider-Men, um, and has, like, a sort of a, a, a thing with Betty in Far From Home. Um, it's, like, interesting because MCU Ned bears essentially no resemblance to comic book Ned besides, like, the name and being associated with Spider-Man and is, in fact, like, I think clearly, like, way, way more inspired by Miles Morales's um, best friend, uh, Gonke Lee, um, who, like, I love, and I want to see him, but also I'm like, don't steal Miles' cool best friend. <laughs> um, we, like, I mean, I think, like, obviously, sort of the the thinking behind it, like, much like sort of not including the Uncle Ben uh, storyline in the MCU Spider-Man is like, well... These movies have been done multiple times in very recent memory, and we don't want to do the same stuff over and over again. So instead of having Harry Osborn, we're going to have a different character be Peter's sort of, like, best friend, like, right-hand man. Um, and we are just going to base him entirely off Miles Morales' best friend, but basically just draw a name of, like male characters who Peter Parker has been friends with at some point. <laughs> um, so, sure, Ned leads. Um, but it has led to some speculation as to whether, like, <laughs> uh, MCU Ned is going to be doing anything hobgoblin-y. <laughs> um, I... We don't think that that boy has a hobgoblin bone in him. <laughs> I truly don't believe so. Um, l- look at him. Look he, at that boy. He's so sweet. God, just... I. So when I was trying to find pictures, right, I kept coming across this page where, like, Betty shows back up and she's pregnant. And Peter's like, what? And she's like, oh, yeah, it's Ned's baby. And Peter's like, what? And she's like, I know, <laughs> I know. He's dead. But he's not. Is it clone and Ned? Like, and I'm like, what is happening? I, I, I think that's clone Ned. Um, no, because I... And then clone I, Ned dies. I did start looking it up. And I found, and I quote, on the Marvel fandom database. Betty soon called to meet up with Peter and revealed her pregnancy and told Peter of her of her encounters um, with her? 
For the longest time, Peter had thought she was talking about the clone and hesitated in telling her that the clone had died. To Peter's shock, <laughs> when Betty took Peter to her apartment, she found Ned standing there alive and well. As Peter tried to process this, Ned explained what had happened. He truly was the Hobgoblin, or rather run of Roderick Kingsley's brainwashed decoys. However, Kingsley did the job a little too well, leading to his psychotic break. Kingsley plotted to kill Ned, thus, while he joined Peter in Germany, he traveled to one of Norman Osborne's European homes, finding and ingesting a copy of the Goblin formula. The formula didn't work at the time, and thus he was killed by the foreigner's men. The formula finally activated and allowed Leeds to be resurrected when he encountered a mysterious figure who would help him get revenge, working with Betty behind the scenes before their reunion. And then I looked, I looked to, I, I clicked on the issue that it says that this is in, and I, 2021. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, well... I wish I hadn't learned this. I wish that it hadn't happened. I wish we weren't... I wish I could have ended this on the note like, yep, Ned's dead. We've got... I know that was all a big mess, but we've got it all wrapped up now. But no, comics. You couldn't give me that. Nope. He might be running around somewhere. Alright, well, quick update, everybody. He's running around again. I, he, oh my god. Release date, June 9th, 2021. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, Con. Truly, this has been one of our most comics books issues. <laughs> Episodes. <laughs> issues. Was, this has been the most comics was a mistake issue that we've had in a long time. Oh, why comics? Hey, comics? Why? Why? Why do you do this? Just, just a quick question for comics. Why? I comics should be de destroyed. Only, only graphic novels should exist. <laughs> Leave collaborative <sighs> storytelling up to D and D parties. <laughs> Yeah, honestly. And, and TV writers' rooms. <laughs> if you're not playing a tabletop game, then stop doing this, because this is where it gets us. A live Ned Leeds, full of green goblin juice. I could God. actually see that happening in a D&D &D game, though. <laughs> <laughs> At least in a D&D &D game, it would be more contained. In a D&D &D game, it'd be like, yeah, animate dead, raise dead. Whichever one of those actually brings a person back to life and isn't just skeleton. I can never remember. <laughs> Ned, Ned Leeds is alive again, but he is a skeleton. That would be cool. I would question how he got Betty pregnant, though. That would be that would be an issue. Yeah, for sure. It, no, no, no. See, she got pregnant by the clone before he died, but now the skeleton is back. Yeah, now the skeleton is back and her husband. The skeleton is back and ready to raise a human child. Oh, holy shit. Um, did you, uh, did you read any comics? I didn't. I kept meaning to, I, but instead I watched 
all of Star Trek Lower Decks. Um, it's good. It's a good cartoon. Oh, good. I'm glad. Uh, I also didn't, and now I'm glad that I didn't, because it turns out, actually, I hate comics. Forever. <laughs> I was gonna start reading Far Sector, and then, of course, you know, Cat. Yes, as we all know. As as cat. we all know, there there was a cat, and he was cute, and I curled up next to him and fell asleep. Simply nothing to be done about it. Mm-mm. Um, uh, I know the, um, the John Damien special comes out, I think, the day this comes out. Um, if you're listening to this, um, the... Peacemaker show also came out on HBO Max. Um, I have not watched any of it. I surprisingly still haven't seen New Suicide Squad. Um, just a lot of stuff I have not, uh, consumed. But I don't, um, if you've watched any of Peacemaker, like, uh, let, uh, let me know if it's good. Um, there were, uh, some new clips from the Robert Pattinson Batman. I still... I mean, I'm gonna see it no matter what. So, like, truly it doesn't matter what my take is um, on if the clips are good. I'm, I'm still definitely optimistic about part of it. I hate looking at the Riddler. I hate to see that. I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> like, I am just... still curious about the movie. Like... If you wanted to go in more of, like, a noir direction, just put him in, like, a weird zoot suit. Yeah, just, like, oh, just, just, just you put don't a, have to have the big question mark, like, jacket. But just, just put like him some, in a green suit. Just have it be, like, a, a suit man. And I'd be like, oh, that, yeah, that's the Riddler, why? With, like, a, a weird cane. Shaped like a just question a, mark. God. I'm so, I'm so sorry, Ed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry they did you like this. Um, also speaking of clones, I know there's a new, uh, Spider-Man series starring Ben Riley that just started. Um, so that's, back at it again with the clones, Spider-Man. <laughs> um. Spider-Man, always but, uh, with those clones. Always with those gosh darn clones. Um. You know how one of the one of the the well known powers of the spider is um just getting cloned all the time. Um. Anyways, that's all. That's all for capes and japes. Um. Thanks for coming on this journey with us. We all learned a lot, and I wish we hadn't. Um. If you want to keep up with I'm, us, I'm glad that I learned stuff because I did. Not know that either one of these characters existed. I thought they were created for Spider-Man uh, Homecoming specifically, just as <laughs> fun new friends. Fun new pals for <laughs> Spider-Man. I mean, they may as well have been. This is true, this is true. They, the um, only thing they have in common is Spider-Man and their names. Yes, um, pretty much. Uh, but, anyways, if you want to keep up with us on the internet, you can find us at Capes and Japes on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook. 
you can send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. Um, we have a Discord server where you are welcome uh, to come and join us uh, and chat with us <laughs> and be mad about comics. Um, we uh, have a Patreon if you want to support us on there. Um, we just recorded our January bonus app. Um, so come, uh, you can, you can listen to that for a dollar a month. Um, if you can't support us on Patreon, but you want to help us out, then leaving a rating and review of the show is a great way to do that. Uh, telling a friend, if you want to be like, boy, howdy, have I got a comic book story for you. Um, but also just, uh, just coming back and joining us. As uh, you have done once again um, today on Capes and Japes. So thank you for being here. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And as always, here's a, yet another person that Spider-Man has kissed. <laughs> they just keep on piling up. Uh.